Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Welcome to this week's edition of Alaska Watch. I am here. We've got uh, continuing our proud Halloween tradition. We've uh, got a special ep- episode today. I'm joined with a special guest in the studio. I have Mrs. Legume, a.k.a. The Old Lady, a.k.a. Tamaron. Hi, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> and also here in the studio with us are our dogs. Uh, they're napping, but you may hear them snoring and snorting and making various noises so they're uh that's just them in the background that's not uh that's not zombies or or ghouls or ghosts (laughs) yeah it's not the wolf man so uh what are we doing today we're gonna talk about some of our favorite movies to watch during halloween now it doesn't mean you can't watch these movies throughout the year but it just seems like around halloween you really just want to pack in as many scary movies or suspenseful movies as possible and of course all the different streaming services like show you what's available out there so we're going to talk about our top 10 favorite movies to watch at halloween of all time and yeah and you know i've I've seen your list but you (laughs) haven't seen mine mine's kind of a surprise and just comparing the two lists i i just kind of like we are not fans of like slasher horror movies and yeah i think a part of the problem was is those kind of movies are great maybe for just playing in the background while you're doing something else but they're pretty predictable and we do seem to like something that maybe has more humor or wit or maybe a little bit more mystery to it um we're not big fans of slashers i can't even name i can't even get friday the 13th and the halloween characters straight in my mind i always mix them up (laughs) I know. So just before we came down here to record, we were we were talking about that, talking about slasher movies, and and she's like, "Oh, you know, I kind of like the first how ha- no, yeah, the first Halloween movie, the one with Crystal Lake." And I'm like, "That's Friday the 13th. Oops. So, so. <laughs> but uh, actually, when I had when I had uh, proposed the idea for this episode, I said, "You do a list of scary movies you like to watch around, or you know, Halloween kind of movies." Not necessarily scary. And I said, I'll do Bigfoot movies. I'll do like my top five Bigfoot movies. Well, then I saw your list because I thought if we do, if we both do like a top 10 list of, of movies, of, of, you know, Halloween type movies, they'll just have the same movies. It'll just be like, you know, I'll say, you know, like one movie and then you'll say the same movie. So I was like, it's not, but then you showed me your list and I'm like, well, I can make another list. My, you know, I think there was only maybe two or three movies that would have been on my list that you picked. So, so we're going to go over 20 movies, uh, 10 from Mrs. Legume and 10 from me. And then we're going to have some honorable mentions and then we're going to play a little game and we're going to try and play it so you can play along at home or at least, you know, maybe give you a chance to guess along at home with me. So anyway, um, do you want to, to start us off with your with one of your, your favorite movies to set down during Halloween time with? Sure. Now, my list, I think, when I made it, I was thinking of nostalgia because we watched a lot of movies growing up. 
Um, my parents would record movies on TV on VHS and we rewatch them. So for me, I think it's more about what I enjoyed a lot as a child and that I still enjoy today. But I actually ranked my movies from top 10 to like favorite. So mine actually has a particular ranking. I think you said yours is a little more random. but Yeah, mine is the, the first nine movies are pretty much interchangeable. But number one is my number one. Mm. And I'll, I'll be sure and let everybody know when we get there. But <laughs> pretty much the, the the nine movies before number one are in no particular order. Mm. So my number ten movie at Halloween is The Witches. This is the classic Angelica Houston version, not the new version that came out recently. Um, this movie as a kid scared me to death. The Witches are terrifying. Um, It's about a young boy, Um, he's pretty much on his own, gets turned into a mouse by these witches, and he has to save everybody. I really liked the story Um, when I was a kid, we liked all the action, but as an adult, I appreciate um, a little bit more of what this boy's going through. You know, he loses his parents, his grandmother's trying to raise him. I don't know, it's just, I, and Angelica Houston, what a great actress. I know she's really famous for the Addams Family, but this role as the high witch amazing job love this movie never get tired of it this is number 10 for me i haven't seen that movie probably since i was in grade school i <laughs> don't think I, I remember almost nothing about it the witches are terrifying <clears throat> they kill kids in the movie like they're it's it's brutal it's great <laughs> so it's a family film is what you're telling me well as actually a kid, what is it what is it rated do you know you know, probably PG-13, but you know, when you're a kid, you don't really notice those things. As an adult, you're like, whoa, wait a minute, holy crap, I can't believe our parents let us watch this. But as a kid, all you care about is the action adventure, and this little kid is the hero, you know, even though he's a mouse most of the time. So as a kid, I think we can relate, but what's your number 10? So my number 10, I figured this being Alaska watch, I'd have to throw in a little Alaska flavor in there. Uh, and my first movie is 30 Days of Night. <laughs> and for those of you who have never heard of it, 30 Days of Night, it's an amazing concept. It's a great concept. It's based on a comic book. I believe the comic book was written by Stephen Niles and Ben Templesmith did the art. And it's about Barrow, Alaska. It's a town up at the northern part of Alaska. And... It's called 30 Days a Night because in the wintertime when the sun sets, I think at the is it in December for the winter equinox, they don't see it again for 30 days. And it's about how these this clan of vampires descends on the town at the winter equinox and just starts having their way with the town. And the uh, protagonist of the of the uh, of the comic book series and in the movie is a law enforcement officer in the town. And I think in the, I don't remember in the books if it was the sheriff or not, but in the movie it was sheriffs. And that always bugged me because there's no sheriffs in Alaska. It was both, which just goes to show you not everybody does their due diligence (laughs) or research. And that drives us nuts in comic books and movies. Can't you just Google it? (laughs) But uh, I I really enjoyed the movie. In fact, uh, I went and saw the movie while I was in the police academy, it actually came out while I was in the academy, and I went and saw it with some academy classmates of mine. And it was funny because one of the guys I went to the academy with actually worked in Barrow. He was a Barrow police officer or North Slope police officer, 
that was assigned to Barrow at the time. And their depiction of Barrow in the movie was actually closer to St. Paul, where I worked, St. Paul Island, than it was actually Barrow. Barrow, the town, is actually a pretty large village with several stores and restaurants. And they have a Chinese restaurant, which is more than what we have, even now. Well, we have one, but it's... It doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. But anyway, that's my first pick is uh, 30 Days a Night. And uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, you, you should check it out. It's, it's worth your time. And uh, what's your number nine? Okay, so next is Aliens. Now, the 80s and 90s was a huge boom for great movies. A little bit of the 70s, too, towards the end. But 80s and 90s, best time for movies. So they took what Alien, which is a scary movie... Um, they took it and they added in a bunch of badass Marines. So not only do you have the Xenomorphs, which are still terrifying in this movie, but then you get people who you think are going to be able to handle themselves. So instead of a bunch of scientists, now we have military trained badasses. We get to see them fight a bunch of Xenomorphs. Half of them get wiped out almost immediately. So then it's just about their struggle trying to stay alive. It's got great lines. The famous Bill Paxton, who has some of the best lines in movies and is constantly getting killed. You know he's going to die, but you love him anyways. I love this movie. I never get tired of it. Um, and it has a lot of frightening moments in it. Um, so I highly recommend it. I'm sure everyone has already seen it. And if you haven't, oh my God, you have to see it. Aliens, that's the second one in the series. Yeah, good good pick. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good one. Um, my number nine pick is Blair Witch, the original. Oh, <laughs> God, I can't stand that movie. <laughs> and one of the reasons I picked it is just because it was such a phenomenon when it came out. It was everywhere and everybody was talking about it. It's one of the first, I think, when you really start to see viral marketing. It was kind of at the dawn of the Internet age there. And there were some like documentaries about it that were specifically made, I believe, to pump the lore of the movie to, to kind of build it up. And I mean, it's a movie that was literally like anybody could make that movie. Like anybody with a camera and a couple of friends could go out in the movie or in the woods and make that movie. And it was just, uh, I think, for its time that it came out, it was it was pretty pretty special. And I'm talking about the original, the one that came out in the nineties, not the one that they just made recently, uh, which I have seen and I don't, I barely remember anything about it. So that, <laughs> that should, should tell you something about it, but, uh, it made an impression on me and I actually met one of the producers. I can't remember which one. And I had his autograph for a long time on a poster and I don't, I don't know what ever happened to it. It was way, it was before I joined the military. It was a long time ago, mm. but uh, it, it kind of inspired me a little bit to like, man, if these guys can make a movie, I can, I can write stuff and make movies and stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> I will give it credit for being innovative. It really was the beginning of the whole found footage concept where footage is found of something terrible happening. People thought this movie was real. Like they thought it was real footage found. So it is innovative. However, I get so dizzy watching this movie. I cannot focus on what's going on. I just, I can't watch it. I'm not even really motion sensitive, but I don't know. I, I appreciate the concept, but I watched it once and once was enough. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I think like what you said, like the fact that people thought it was real. I mean, that's a credit to the film. That means that it was it did a really good job of doing what it was supposed to do. But anyway, what's so what are we on? Number eight? Yes. So my number eight pick is The Thing. John Carpenter's from the 80s. Not the original thing that was done in black and white. I don't know how long ago. But this um, had (laughs) Kurt Russell in it. So once again, this movie has been redone. Much like The Witches. Here's the thing. I think that there's maybe a pattern here for a lot of our movies that it's been redone in the last yeah. 10 years, we, we not keep, even coming close to being as great as the originals. We keep saying the original, not the remake. Yeah, I know. But there's just something about practical effects that cannot be beat. I, I appreciate what CGI has done for a lot of the superhero movies out there, but when it comes to horror, nothing beats practical effects. You just cannot beat it. So here's the thing. Scientists trapped... In Antarctica, no way out. There's a storm. Um, Here comes this dog, shows up. They don't understand what it really is. Um, They all turn on each other. There's true terror. And this was done in the Alien movie, but um, Wilfred Brimley's character um, basically gets a directive that says he needs to let everyone die so this thing doesn't spread. And that also kind of happened in the Alien original Alien movie where it said... Let everyone die. We want the xenomorph to be brought back. That's what Bishop, the orders Bishops will give. Anyways, the practical effects. Amazing. When they go back in the kennel because they hear the screams and you see the alien absorbing all the dogs, nightmares are born from what is seen. (laughs) And when they turn the fire on it, the screams. This movie is terrifying. Again, we watched it as kids. I don't know why our parents let us watch this movie. But now as an adult, I can appreciate what the what they were going through, the struggle, the terror. It wasn't just about the monsters, but highly recommend The Thing Classic. Yeah, I agree. That's uh that's on the list, not my list, but that's on the list of must-sees. Uh so my number 8 is again the original, not the original. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't talk about scary movies and ghosts without Ghostbusters. That was that was a movie that really inspired me. Like I saw that at a young age and that really kind of drove me toward um the paranormal and wanting to look into stuff like that. I probably wouldn't even be here. I would probably this podcast probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Ghostbusters. And you know, I didn't know it at the time because I was like, you know, I just wanted to be a scientist like in the in the movie, I, I thought you know I thought scientists studied ghosts and stuff. You thought they made money. Yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't realize that you know their science that they did in the movie was considered fringe science. Like you are basically you know not even considered real scientist if you're into parapsychology stuff like that. But uh, at the time when I was a little kid, that's what I wanted to be was a I wanted to be a ghost scientist. So. That's a that's a classic to me. It made a big impression on me, and that's why it's on my list. I I could watch that movie over and over and over again. That is a great choice. Um, we watch this movie multiple times a year. Um, we really enjoy it. It is great. I didn't put it on my list because I don't know. It just didn't make it. Even though I would probably put it in my top ten um, comedies, I would put it. Um, it's not really scary, although the lady in the library was a little freaky when I was a kid. Once again, it's fascinating, these older movies. We are lucky enough to be born when we were. We got to see them as kids. Now we see them as adults, and we can appreciate them on a whole new level. But God, they hold up. So 
you gotta love the original Ghostbusters. What a bunch of great guys. Oh, so next on my list is the wonderful movie Jaws. <laughs> dun -dun, dun -dun. Can you imagine a villain that is encompassed by, what is that, two notes, I think? Two notes, dun -dun, dun -dun. two notes makes a villain. You can't even see him till you're about 80% through the movie. You get a clear view of this shark. But it made people scared to use a toilet. Sharks in the water. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sharks live in the water. There's water in the toilet. I rest my case. Yes. <laughs> People were scared to use the toilet as if a shark was going to come through their plumbing and get them. Um, another movie that has excellent writing, excellent acting. Um, it's terrifying because it can really happen. There are sharks in the water. People get attacked in the water. I'm someone who loves the ocean. I love swimming. This movie terrified me, even though I mostly swam in lakes. I was like, is there a monster like this in the lakes of Alaska when I was growing up? But another great movie. We watch it multiple times a year. You can put it on at any time and you're going to enjoy it. Um, I don't know. Great lines from it, too. I mean, great improv, great actors. I love this movie. <laughs> Well, it's it's a great it's a great movie, and it's got a, something for everybody. It's got the, you know, it's got the scariness. It's got the you know the thriller aspect of it. It's got the you know stuff for the kid. You know, sharks, giant sharks, and then you know the characters are great. It's got great writing. It's got great dialogue. It's insanely quotable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a classic. It's a classic all around movie. Mm. <clears throat> so, where are we at? Number seven. Mm -hmm. So my number seven is like the original not the remake <laughs> fright night oh yes fright night so i love friday i loved vampire movies when i was a kid like a lot and fright night was probably one of the one that kicked it off for me i just really enjoyed it uh, i saw it probably on hbo or something when it first came out and uh just loved it and actually fright night 2 it's hard to find. I think it was on Amazon for a little while. But I don't like a day. I yeah. watched it and said, "Hey, it's on." You tried to watch it the next day, gone. Yeah, uh, but Fright Night Two with William Ragsdale and what's his name? I'm terrible at names. Great with faces, terrible <laughs> with names. I can't remember his name. Oh my god, Peter Vincent, the guy that played him. <laughs> Who knows what the actor's uh, real name is? <laughs> um, it's it's pretty good. It's actually, it's not as good as the first, but it's, you know, it's, it's a good movie. It uses familiars, which and, the original yeah. did not. Well, it did a little bit in the original, but there's another type. Yeah. And you've got like a Wolfman type character yeah. and it was, it, it expanded on the mythology of the first movie. Mm. Um, and it was, it was a really good flick. And there was actually like growing up, there was a comic book series called Fright Night that now comics produced. And it expanded on the storyline uh, from the movie. And this this happened all the time to me when I was a kid. It happened with Ghostbusters. Where you have a really good movie. And then you have like a cartoon with Ghostbusters. Or a comic book in the case of Fright Night. And they would expand. They would continue the story from the movie. And kind of expand with it. And then you would have a sequel come out. And the sequel would completely. It would be its own thing. It would ignore 
the the, the other uh, material out there. Like when the Ghostbusters two came out, they weren't in business anymore, you know, and they had to get back in the business. Same thing with Fright Night. Um, Fright Night in the comics. I mean, they were going out. They were fighting other kinds of monsters. They were, you know, doing all this other stuff. And then when Fright Night 2 came out, you know, Charlie had gone off to to college. Peter, you know, was still like, you, you know, vampires are real. And Charlie was like, well, maybe not. Maybe that was like some kind of psychotic episode. And they just kind of undid a lot of the stuff that they were doing in the comics. But I'm getting off on a tangent here. But the the movie uh, is, is one of the best vampire movies of all time, in my opinion. And uh, that's why it's one of my favorite movies to sit down and watch around Halloween time. Mm. Yeah, Friday Night is a classic. Uh, once again, watched it as a kid. Can't believe I was able to watch it when I was little. Um, Sarandon 2 is, I think, one of the first times I ever saw them sh- introduce the concept of the vampires being attractive. He was quite handsome in the movie. Um, even though he was still a monster and you were terrified of him, um, he was quite seductive. I don't really remember seeing that in previous um, vampire movies too much when I was a kid. But um, Evil, when he turns into the wolf and gets impaled, I had nightmares about that scene when Peter Vankman goes downstairs and sees him Peter under the Vincent. stairs. P- Peter Vincent. Vankman. We were talking about Ghostbusters. I got Ghostbusters on the brain. But... You just gave me an idea for a great crossover. <laughs> when he sees evil Ed transforming back and just the pain on his face. Oh, night again, practical effects, nightmares for that scene. I think actually I ended up skipping that quite a bit as a kid when we rewatch it because I couldn't handle that. I've scene. seen you skip it now. That's true. <laughs> I do seem to get scared easily at practical effects. But um, no, that is a great movie. And the fact that no one believes him, like that's something that is actually really terrifying in real life. You know, you know something is true. You're scared. It's coming for you. And the authorities will not believe you. And you're on your own. Oh, um, that never happens with Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So next on my list, um, Silence of the Lambs. Introduction of probably one of the most fascinating and terrifying characters, Hannibal Lecter. You root for this guy. And he's actually not in the movie that much. But when he's on scene, Anthony Hopkins, great job. He captivates you. Every word he says, you want to hear and absorb. I mean, what a great character and i know they've done others they've tried to expand on it but nothing beats the original um and at the end i'm glad he gets away (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i enjoyed silence of the lambs it was one of those movies that i didn't think i would like but then after once i watched it and got into it i really enjoyed it and um it's interesting because you know being in law enforcement and going through the academy and stuff i remember there was a couple of classes in the academy and subsequent classes that I've taken, like homicide investigation and stuff, where they'll bust that movie out and show us scenes from it. And obviously, you know, her getting pulled out of the FBI Academy to work on that case is ridiculous. But there's a lot of um, a lot of good stuff in there that they that they like to point out. But, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, is it? Are you done with that? Well, actually, it's kind of interesting that the main villain is actually Buffalo Bill. But even though it's a great character. Hannibal Lecter steals the movie. I mean, you're really focused on him. But once again, my perceptions when I was younger, you know, I I appreciated his scenes when I was a kid. You know, Hannibal Lecter, 
But now that I'm an adult, I can also see it from a different perspective, um, what it was like for, um, you know, Clarice to be a female in that profession back then, um, how the, her counterparts don't really respect her. Um, I noticed things as an adult. I didn't really notice as a kid, but, um, that in, <laughs> you can appreciate the scene a little bit more, the dance, um, which was spoofed on Clerks 2. <laughs> but another great movie that's quotable, a uh, character that will last forever, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. And, okay, so this one, I'm curious to see your reaction to this one because <laughs> I, I bet you've, you probably forgot about this movie. Okay. But this is, this is actually a good one. We haven't watched it in a long time. I think we'll have to bust it out again pretty soon. Mm. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Okay. That's a great... That's a great movie. It's true. My list was more about movies I watch every year. <laughs> but you're right. That is a great werewolf movie. Well, and, you know, it's it's a great movie for anybody out there who's listened to this that hasn't uh, heard of this movie. I encourage you to look it up. I don't know how easy it is to find or watch. Uh, we happen to have a, a, a DVD copy of it that we bought. Oh, geez. When it first came out. I think it came out in 2001. So it was, uh, it's a French film. I, I believe it's, it's, a. you can buy it, uh, subtitled or probably, I think it might be dubbed, but I don't think we've ever watched the English version. I don't remember. No, we've only seen the, the yeah. subtitled version. And as someone who watches a lot of foreign films, never watch the dubbed version unless you struggle with subtitles. I can't yeah. stand watching things dubbed. But Brotherhood of the Wolf, this is, I'm surprised it doesn't get more attention in, cryptozoology uh circles because it's literally about the beast of javudan which was i'm you know i'm sure i don't have to explain that to many of you but there was a large animal running around killing people in france and this is a fictional account of these two gentlemen they're explorers and one of them is um one of them's french and the other one is native american and they're kind of like best buddies and they do they do a tri-corner hat karate. I mean, it's it was kind of like a mix between um, a horror movie, The Matrix, and I, I don't know, like a cryptozoology movie. And a there's period a, piece. Yeah, a period piece. Yeah, and there's a scene in the movie which I've never—I don't think I've ever heard anybody call this scene out before, where they're like at a dinner party, and the main character is showing off a uh, a fur-bearing trout. Mm-hmm. to the to the people at the dinner party and i mean that's just that's a cryptozoology easter egg right there you know because that's you know, it, i mean obviously it's not real but back in the day they were passing those things off and trying to say they were real and so you've got that nod and he was some kind of naturalist or something they had hired him to come i think and hunt down the beast or something like that i think was the premise of the movie but it's a great film it's a little long it's like two and a half hours long but uh, it's a really good movie. It's got some stunning visuals, some good fighting, and uh, some good horror elements, too, because you've got your Beast of Javudan that uh, they ultimately, you know, solve the mystery in the end. Yeah, he was actually the king's taxidermist, like professional taxidermist. He was sent there to give his opinion, but he was also there to stuff the beast after it was killed because taxidermy was his specialty. And you do get to see him manipulate a regular gray wolf into a monster. But um, that movie was scary. It did scare me. And what a wonderful concept that it turns out. Spoiler alert! It was actually a lion from Africa that was 
put in a suit of armor. So what a great concept. Original. Based on a, a legend, a real legend and story. Yeah, that's great. Uh, next on my list. <laughs> what number are we on? We're on number five. Mm. <laughs> so this movie, <laughs> I watched as a kid. And again, we watch all the time. And let's see how we do here. Igor. Frederick. <laughs> Young Frankenstein, if you haven't guessed. Uh, Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks directed and written, classic film, features a lot of actually well-known actors. Um, it even had, I remember um, Gene Hackman in it as the blind man. Blind man. Do you remember that? He serves a... Didn't he? Doesn't he play like a, a soldier too with a... Wooden arm, or is that somebody oh, else? Oh, no, think... no, I don't. I think that might have been someone. Well, maybe he was. I don't remember who played the soldier with the wooden arm. But um, he's the blind man who offers <laughs> offers the monster soup. And uh, a quote that my dad would say my entire life was, he'll say it even now today, wait, I was going to make espresso. <laughs> Another movie that has a lot of great quotable moments, an excellent script, Excellent acting. Uh, this is a classic. And the dance scene at the end. I mean, come on. <laughs> Putting it on the Ritz. So this is a movie you never get tired of. A lot of times you'll catch uh, quotable moments. After you've watched it the 50th time, you're like, I never really noticed that before. Um, what a great movie to watch around Halloween. It's not super scary. Doesn't really have any scary moments. So if you want to watch something that's kind of horror themed, but you don't want to get uh, scared and have nightmares, uh, watch Young Frankenstein. Classic movie. Yeah. Marty Marty Feldman makes that movie for me. Igor. <clears throat> so my next choice, this is uh, like Brotherhood of the Wolf. This is a little bit of a deep cut. Bubba Hotep. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so for those of you that aren't familiar with Bubba Hotep, it is, in, in some circles, I think, considered a masterpiece. It is... You have Bruce Campbell of Evil Dead fame playing Elvis, a retired Elvis who's in a nursing home. And what had happened is he had swapped places with somebody because he, you know, he couldn't handle the fame. He wanted to live a normal life. And he ends up losing his documentation of that swap. And then the imposter dies. Everybody thinks Elvis is dead and nobody believes him. So he ends up in this old folks home in obscurity. Uh, and his best friend is uh, a gentleman that thinks he has John F. Kennedy's brain. He's a black man. And he thinks he's, uh, is it Ossie Davis? I think is his name. I might be butchering his name, but uh, he's, he's a black man that thinks he's got uh, John F. Kennedy's brain implanted in his head. So he thinks he's John F. Kennedy. And, these two are living at this old folks home and uh, this mummy shows up and starts killing the residents. So Elvis and possibly JFK have to team up and take down this mummy. And that hence the name and the mummy wears like cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Hence the name Bubba Hotep. <laughs> but uh, it's a really good movie. And I just found out today, I didn't realize this. Joe Lansdale wrote the short story that the movie's based on. That's the guy that wrote and created the Happen Leonard series. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's 
What a great series, too. <laughs> yeah, how did we even find out about Bubba Hotep? Do you remember? Like, did it have a theatrical release? It just seems like it just popped up on our radar one day and we loved it. How did we find out about it? Do you remember? I think I, I must have read about it somewhere on some website or something. Mm. Probably like Ain't It Cool News or something. Yeah. Another movie that has some great <clears throat> lines that we repeat to each other constantly. <laughs> oh, my God. It's about the size of a peanut butter... <laughs> Peanut butter banana sandwich. <laughs> one, one of my favorite things about the movie is, uh, I think it was in the special features, um, Bruce Campbell's talking about, they actually sent him to an Elvis impersonator to, to, to learn how to be Elvis. And after, after a few hours, the Elvis impersonator just tells Bruce Campbell, you know what, dude, you're not going to do it. Just do your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favorite line in the movie is when uh, something's coming after him, the mummy's coming after him or something, and he like strikes a karate pose, and he goes, don't make me use my stuff on you. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Of course, he's like overweight, he's decrepit, and he's trying <clears throat> to kick butt, but it's it's great. Oftentimes, when I ask you something, and you don't know the answer, you'll say, what do I look like, an archaeologist to you? <laughs> Who can identify bugs? Because, of course, the mummy, being Egyptian, uses uh, scarabs often to scout things out or attack people for him. And he happens to see it, this giant bug, and he fights it and kills it. And they ask him about it. And he goes, what do I look like? Archaeologist to you? Oh, what a, what a great line. Um, Bruce Campbell is amazing in anything he does. So um, that is a deep pool. And that is a great movie. <laughs> yep. I love that. You'll, you'll see a, th- a lot of mine are like horror movies with, a lot of comedy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, oftentimes, horror is the best genre for comedy because when you're in a moment of desperation or terror, a little bit of comedy a lot of times can um, have a, a deep effect on you. Like, it'll seem that much more funnier because you're just desperate not to be scared anymore. <laughs> uh, speaking of scary movies, my next one is a straight-up horror movie. This was my favorite werewolf movie when I was a kid, um, American Werewolf in London. Now, when I say it's my favorite, it means that this movie scared me more than any other movie I'd ever seen. One day, my older sister and I, she's three years older than me. I think I'm probably maybe 12 at the time, so she would have been 15. Mom and dad were gone, left us at home. We had it on VHS. We decided we're tough. We're going to watch this movie. So we put it on. And they're on the moors. I hope you've seen this movie because you'll understand what I'm talking about. A couple of guys, they're friends. They're walking on the moors. They were warned to stay on the road. Of course, for some reason, they wander off while they're talking. And then you hear that blood-curdling howl. I don't know how they got that effect. It is terrifying. My older sister and I right before it would happen, would run. This is before you had remotes, even. We'd have to run from the couch to the TV and VCR, hit pause, take a break, breathe. Then we'd run back, hit play. The howl would happen, run back up, hit pause. It took us probably three hours to get through an hour of that movie. And once again, it's... um. It's pretty adult orientated. I mean, it has some um, sexual content. It's got a lot of blood and gore, but it was probably the first time where I saw one of the best 
transformations. Um, when he first transforms, uh, full body transformation, I don't know how they did it. I mean, you could see individual hairs growing. And then the wolf was just a really big wolf. I mean, it was practical effects. It was a real suit. It was on all fours. It was massive, but it was terrifying. I think a part of it was the sound it made, but um, that movie scared me, like scared me more than any other movie when I was a kid. And it, it probably still would today if I were to watch it at, at parts. Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Probably one of the best, the best werewolf movies. And there's a lot, if you look into the movie behind the scenes like everything is about the the transformation scene like that makes the movie if that wasn't in there i don't think the movie would be near as popular as it was and a lot of the uh trivia and behind the scenes stuff uh focus on on what they did and how they did that you know because he wanted he said he, he's like i want to show him change and you know full light you know he's going to be in a room with a light on <clears throat> you know we we're going to see everything that was his vision for the transformation scene and, you know, they were able to do it. So it was, that's, I think, one of the things that makes that movie so special. I, I enjoy that movie a lot, too. Mm. What's your number four? Uh, ironically, my number four is also a werewolf movie. Okay. Dog Soldiers. Mm. So, Man, great pull. We have great taste in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Dog Soldiers, I, I'm not sure what year it came out. It was in the early 2000s, I think. Mm -hmm. And it is a great movie. It's got a lot of things that I really enjoy. It's about a group of soldiers they're out and uh on exercise uh you know they're doing a uh what do you call it a it's just a training exercise yeah, to them they're, they're doing, unbeknownst to them what yeah. was really going on and uh they stumble upon a, a pack of werewolves and it's a it's a really great movie and i'm kind of surprised i don't know i don't know that they've ever made a sequel to it and i mean it's probably a good thing I think the I think the movie is is one of those really good standalone movies. Got some great characters, you know. You come to get to know and you care for all the characters, and of course, then a lot of them don't make it. Oh yeah, when Spoon died, you're just like, of course, he had a great final line. He's like, I hope I give you di the shits. Like, I hope you give you diarrhea. Yeah. His last spoilers line. for like a twenty year old movie. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth worth your time to uh, to check out. Great werewolf movie. Of course, maybe watch with subtitles because of the Scottish accents. <laughs> yeah, they, they they speak really fast and kind of almost like a guard, like a hey, rah, 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 rah. oh, it, they're Scottish <laughs> actors, so yeah, you might want to watch with subtitles or watch it one time and then watch it again with subtitles on to catch everything you missed of what they were saying. Yeah. <clears throat> but the um, almost in the, in the same vein as American Werewolf in London, uh, we don't really get to see a lot of transformation effects, but the werewolves looked amazing. Uh, they were bipedal. Uh, the actors were actually like on stilts, you know, so they were very tall, uh, very imposing figures. And you don't, I mean, you don't get to see them super great until like the very end. And then you kind of get the reveal shot of one as it stands up and towers over one of the soldiers. But uh, great effects, great werewolf movie. Mm, I agree. That is a great one. Um, next on my list, a uh, ghost uh, story. So, um, Poltergeist, another classic movie. So many good movies came out of the 80s and 90s. But um, Poltergeist, um, once again, when I was a kid, I really appreciated it for like some of the classic lines, you know, they're here. And um, 
terrified of that freaking clown under the bed that that poor little boy had to deal with, um, the tree, um, and then the ghosts themselves. Um, so when I was a kid, it was more about how scary it was, um, the fight they had to do, and then some great characters. But now when I watch it and I really focus on what they're saying, um, one thing I really appreciate, and I, I can't remember the character's name in the movie, but it was the first set of Ghost Hunters. And I think they actually worked at a university, perhaps. They were they were parapsychologists who made no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when they showed up and they're talking, they actually discussed the afterlife. And that concept, um, I love it because she talks about, it was almost comforting how she talked about what happens to you um, when you pass away. But um, they really discussed... I think perhaps the first time in a movie maybe about what possibly happens to you and what happens to people when they don't cross over, how they get trapped. But um, it's a great movie. It's terrifying. Once again, standout characters. Um, I never get tired of it. It's still scary. It's still frustrating to watch too. You know, I still cannot believe they stayed in that house a minute longer than they had to. What were they thinking? <laughs> but another great movie. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Um, the subsequent ones were okay. But of course, nothing beats the first of something. Except for maybe Aliens. But um, I highly recommend it. Great movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, as far as Poltergeist goes, I mean, as far as ghost movies, there, there's not a lot of movies out there where ghosts are like you know the main the bad guy or whatever and i think that's kind of one of the main that's probably one of the the ghost movies Mm. you know i think there's been a a a recent surge in popularity of those kind of movies, like with the conjuring stuff like that where the 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 main monster is like a ghost but uh, you don't you don't see this back then you didn't see a whole lot of it but but now it's kind of making a comeback i think yeah, it really did show, too, um, how ghosts can move objects, um, how they can make you see things that aren't real. Um, that was interesting. Yeah, I don't think it really came out too much before Poltergeist about um, what are, I'm sure, probably reports that people give to actual um, people who study the para, you know, paranormal like that, um, what can happen as far as objects moving. But um, it's a it's a great movie. Yep. And scary. <laughs> So, my next one, we're on number three now? Uh, Yeah, that was my number three. Poltergeist. My number three, and this was a tough one, because it was almost a a three-way tie for number three, um, was Evil Dead 2. Ooh. Because I wanted to throw one of the Evil Deads or Army of Darkness in there, and I went with Evil Dead 2 because it's got better... A, it's a better quality film than the first one. It's got better effects. It's got it's pretty much a remake of the first one, but you've got that first sprinkling of the comedy in there, where you know Ash does funny things, he reacts to things, and and it's almost not even like it's almost not even played to be funny. It's almost played to be like this is his mind snapping, you know, with all the stuff that he's that he's dealing with, and. Um, they also played Ash a little bit, I think, a little bit uh, straighter than they do in, you know, subsequent versions of, of his uh, character. Like with the TV show, he was kind of a, you know, kind of a pompous, you know, dumb guy. Kind of guy. a douche. Yeah. And uh, in this one, I think he, he just comes off more as like a regular guy that was just trying to get through what was going on. But um, 
it's a it's a classic movie evil dead 2 it's probably one of the goriest ones actually on my list uh probably the closest one i have on here to a slasher movie probably but uh yeah i i love evil dead 2 it's a great movie it's good good halloween flick that is a great movie and it's one of those movies where you never know if they actually beat the bad guy because Oftentimes in these movies, whether it's a zombie movie or a possession movie, you're like, okay, are they finally free? And oftentimes the characters will come appear normal. So you're like, okay, did it work? Did they exercise the demon? And then next thing you know it, no. Um, so for some reason, Ash was always able to not get possessed with the exception of his hand. You know, I mean, I don't really know how he made it out alive, but um, it's a great series. All three of them are great. The TV show's great. But you're right, Evil Dead 2 is, um, I can understand why you picked it. Because you're right, it kind of has a little bit of the first and a little bit of the third, you know, Army of Darkness. So um, that's a good pull. And of course, Bruce Campbell, what an amazing actor. <laughs> I know, he's in two of my movies. He was in Bubba Hotep and this one. So. Hmm. Yep. <clears throat> okay, number two. I'm going to go a little bit more to, um, not really a kid's movie, but one you could probably watch with your kids and um, they won't have nightmares, but um, Monster Squad. It's a movie that we have to watch every Halloween. It's tradition. Um, I actually never saw this movie when I was a kid. I saw it for the first time when you showed it to me. I don't know how this one missed the thousands of movies I watched when I was a kid, but um, for me, it was always Goonies when I was a kid. But I think Monster Squad trumps Goonies. Such better characters, better writing. Don't get me wrong. Goonies is a great movie. But I think Monster Squad encapsulates a little bit more about kids going on an adventure. Um, well, it's it's Goonies with the Universal Monsters. Yeah, true. And you can't go wrong with that. <clears throat> and of course, a bunch of classic lines. You know, Wolfman has nards. Um, so you gotta, you gotta love the movie. And you're right. They do fight all the Universal Monsters. They even have, remember, Scary German Guy? Um, he was a great character. I mean, you come to really like this man, even though it seems like at the time for the kids, you know, he was terrifying. Can't stand Dracula. What an asshole. <laughs> he is truly evil in this movie. And then it turns out Frankenstein's monster, spoiler alert, is actually a nice guy. You know, he's just being manipulated by uh, by Dracula. But um, And I think it's the first time I saw um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'd never seen... Um, him as a classic monster when I was a kid. The black and whites were always about Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, Wolfman. I don't remember Creature from the Black well, Lagoon when I was a kid. It's because he never showed up in a lot of those because he, he was so hard. It was he. It cost so much to put that suit together. That's why you never saw him back then. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's a it's a great movie. We watch it every Halloween, much like A Christmas Story Comes Christmas. You have to watch Monster Squad is a much see for Halloween, and it's great to watch with your with your kids. You know, a lot of times, I don't care for movies where kids are the main characters because oftentimes they'll go a bit above and beyond what I think kids are really capable of, or I find them to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but not in this case. Um, Monster Squad is good. And you know, one thing, it's another one of those movies where if you watch it again and again, you're going to notice things you never noticed before. And I pointed something out that you had never noticed before, even though you have a tendency to notice a lot. Um, the main character's parents are fighting. You know, they're having a, a troubled time in their marriage. Um, he's a cop. And um, for some reason, a lot of times in movies, they'll show that a wife will marry a cop. And then when the cop does what, 
a cop's going to do, which is work crazy hours, the wife gets mad. I'm <laughs> not really sure why that happens. You know, uh, you were a cop for almost 15 years of our marriage, and I never once said, wow, I'm mad at you for not being home. It's like sometimes you'd be gone for days working a case. Um, but anyways, I, uh, I'm regressing here. When Dracula finally confronts um, where they live, um, the mother comes running out because she wants to know where her kids are. They're missing. And something I noticed that you didn't was her bags were packed and she was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely missed that. I never, and I've saw that I've seen that movie so many times. And I think the way I discovered it was it was on HBO and cause I don't think it had a big theater run and I don't even remember seeing it in like the, the video stores. I just remember it being, they showed it on HBO a lot. And, um, I think, you know, it's kind of developed like cult status in the, in the, in the following years. And it, I think they even have like monster squad, like, uh, conventions and stuff now. And <clears throat> it's actually got quite the, the cult following now, but when it first come out, I don't think it did very well. And it's written by Shane Black. Oh yeah. Who, Predator. Lethal Weapon. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Black is an excellent writer. He either writes dog shit. He, he either writes crap or it's just amazing. There's True. no in between uh, <laughs> kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Mm, great movie. Yeah. He, he has a lot of good uh, scripts under his belt and uh, monster squad is definitely one of them. Yeah. No, great, great movie. So <clears throat> what is your number two? Okay. Well, you know, this being a last watch, my, my, my next uh, picks are both Bigfoot movies. Okay. So, number two for me is The Legend of Boggy Creek. Okay. And I don't... Have you ever seen... Sat down and watched it? Oh, yeah. You've um, you've put it on a few times. Um, I have managed to watch it all the way through at least twice that I can think of. Um, you know, it, it, it is a great movie. Um, it kind of reminds me of the old... Um, nature shows I used to watch when I was a kid. Um, but it's kind of one of those movies where once I've seen it once, I don't really need to see it again, but, um, I understand why it's your number two pick. Yeah. I mean, for me, like a lot of your picks, this is a a pure nostalgia pick for me. I mean, this is one of the things that probably, you know, along with Ghostbusters, this is probably one of the things that put me along the path that I'm on and, you know, really got me interested in the strange and unexplained. And I've got the, um, it's funny, I was just looking through some DVDs earlier, and I found a regular DVD version, and I found the the uh, Blu-ray version that just came out recently, the restored Blu-ray version. And uh, I didn't realize I had both of those. I thought I just had one. But yeah, I uh, adore that movie, uh, even though it's got some hokey parts. I'm not a big fan of the the musical interludes, but uh, otherwise, I think it's a it's a it's a great film. I'm not going to say it's a perfect film. But, uh, oh my gosh, I could, again, like almost with Ghostbusters, I could watch it over and over again. And uh, a lot of it is, is a nostalgia factor, but uh, a lot of it too is it's just a really good movie. And for its time, it was um, it was kind of groundbreaking. It was like a part horror movie, part documentary. You know, it was a really good, uh, you know, you see a lot of the shows that are on today uh, kind of follow that same model where they'll they'll talk to somebody you know, a witness, and then they'll have like the reenactment. And that's a lot of uh, kind of how that movie flows. And they're still following that formula today. And it made for its time a ton of money because 
it played over and over you know theaters and drive-ins and uh, they made it on a shoestring budget and it grossed a lot of money Mm. okay so before i get to my number one pick I just want to do my honorable mentions. Um, now, when I say honorable mentions, these are movies that I think are must-watch movies, but you can get away with only watching them once. It's not the kind of movie I'm going to watch again and again. Whether it means it has a huge uh, reveal, so it's kind of ruined once it's revealed to you, or um, it's exhausting to watch. Like It takes a lot out of you mentally to watch these movies. So here are my honorable mentions. Um, the Sixth Sense great movie it was terrifying when i watched it um what this poor little boy goes through and of course the big reveal at the end once you watch it um you can't really watch it again i mean you can but it doesn't really hit you the same way and unfortunately for you um it was spoiled for you before you were able to watch it i remember where i remember where i was when it was i was standing in line at a burger king and some lady that was in line was talking to one that she knew one of the employees was talking to him and literally like spoiled it (laughs) which to be fair to be fair it had been out for a little while at that point i think it was out on like dvd or whatever i i you know it i should have seen it by then i think Mm. it it had been out for a little bit yeah it was our first movie from m night um he has done a couple movies since then that are also equally scary or great but this one is the best out of all of his movies and it was a great a great concept this movie um next honorable mention the exorcist um for its time i mean this movie was amazing practical effects um the language that is used um i'm not going to say it on here some of it but um this little girl's possessed the stuff that comes out of her mouth i mean literally the pea soup that comes out of her mouth but the vulgarity um the terror you know and of course once again they don't really believe what's going on so they send her in for a bunch of tests but you have to watch this movie at least once if you haven't seen it the original none of the the what's followed after but um for its time especially what a shock i'm sure there were probably protests in the street um after this movie came out but um my next one is much like the exorcist the shining um this movie once you watch it one time, I feel like you don't really need to watch it again because it's exhausting to watch. It is really long, but the concept is great. The acting is great. And it is terrifying um, what this family goes through. Um, so I highly recommend this movie. Um, next is Evil Dead, the original though. And the reason why I picked the first one is because I've watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff what it took to make this movie and they had some original ideas on how they were filming things but um this crew suffered for their art um trapped in the woods two um monsters um of course the necronomicon the book made out of human flesh what a great concept written in blood but um that is a great it's a great movie you have to watch at least once um bram stoker's dracula i remember watching this as a kid in the movie theater Dracula was gorgeous. Gary Oldman played him. What a beautiful man. (laughs) I loved Dracula. And then you felt so sorry for him. Even when he became the monster, like he just loved, 
Um, he loved his wife so much and, you know, she was taken from him and his pain and terror and he just wanted to be, anyways, as a girl, I guess, and a romantic, I just loved this movie and <laughs> the costumes were great. Um, the acting was great. Unfortunately, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder in it. They were hot stars at the time. So they kind of had to get him in there. They didn't do terrible, but it's a more of a British cast. So they didn't fit in that great, but, um, it's one of the best Dracula movies ever made. It talks a little bit more about um his fall from the church um being cursed um it's a great movie and then my last honorable mention I, i've seen this movie you have not it's another one of those movies that are, once you watch it once you don't really watch it again cabin in the woods i thought it was a great original concept um perhaps someone's done this before but for me it's the first time i've seen it's like yeah, and the reason I haven't watched it is basically because it's been, I, I know, it's been spoiled for me. I think mm. it's a great concept. I've just never sat down and watched it because I know what it's about. I know what happens. Yeah, the fact that these countries get together and basically there's a god that needs to be appeased and they have to have a sacrifice. So annually, um, they have this entire team of people that basically set innocent people up to be sacrificed. And it's a sacrificing of their choosing. They don't realize they're choosing their sacrifice, but um, they get trapped in this cabin and there's this basically giant dome around him where they can't escape. But um, it's about people who basically have no choice and their fight to try to survive. And the moral choice at the end do we allow ourselves to be sacrificed to save the world or do we say, screw you world, I want to live. I don't care if I'm going to die too. You're not going to sacrifice me to appease anybody. So um, what's the choice that you make at the end? Are you willing to die to save the world or are you going to say, you know what, let's all die? Well, no, I mean, they covered this in Star Trek too. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. (laughs) So you're letting yourself get sacrificed (laughs) is what you're saying. So those are my honorable mentions. Um, those are movies that once you watch them once, you don't really need to watch them again if you don't want to, but um, they're great that first time around. So here we go. Drum roll, my number one pick. I, I wanted oh. to comment on your Shining okay. comment where, okay. where you said about The Shining, like, well, you can watch it once and you don't need to watch it again. There are literally, I think, podcasts devoted to like breaking down The Shining and all the symbolism and all like shot by shot. It is a very... Um, studied movie dissected movie yeah for me i don't have i don't think i have the patience for that (laughs) i watched it once when i was young perhaps if i watched it again i noticed more but once was really enough it was exhausting to watch this movie there there are literally shows about like where they talk about like the color of the carpet in a particular scene so wow uh before i got honorable mentions too uh my first honorable mention is tremors okay the first one great movie Awesome movie. Great, uh, you know, buddy comedy horror movie. It's awesome. Uh, my second, and I'm really surprised this was not on your list. Okay. Big Trouble in Little China. What? That is not a Halloween movie. That is pure comedy. It's more It's more Halloween movie than Jaws. Okay, it has some mystics arts, but it's more like a, <laughs> eh, no, I'm not going to, no. Jaws has a terrifying shark in it. Um, Big Trouble in Little China has a seven foot tall uh, ghost Chinese man. I'm sorry. Any movie that has a black blood of the earth in it is a horror movie. Okay. Big Trouble in Little China (laughs) happens to be my favorite movie of all time, but it is not on my top 10 uh, Halloween list. It's a comedy. (sighs) Anyway. And then my other one is uh, The Howling. 
Okay, which one? First the first one? one. The first one. Yeah. Remind me what the first one is. I always remember the one in Australia. What was the first one? The first one is oh jeez, it's about the the lady. She's a writer. They go to the okay, yeah. okay. I remember that. Okay. Or maybe the guy was a writer, and her, but anyway, it's I haven't seen it since. Oh god, forever. it's not the one where she was a reporter. Maybe okay. she is. I think I she's remember. a reporter. But they go to that pl- that retreat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah, for some reason, the one in Australia always stands out to me for some reason. It's because it's batshit insane. Probably, I mean, werewolf nuns. Yeah. <laughs> Marsupial werewolves. Marsupial werewolves. Okay. All right, you ready for my number one pick? No, I'm going to go first. Ladies first, my what? number one pick. What? <laughs> we know yours is something about Bigfoot. <laughs> You've already revealed that. No, I go first. Okay, my number one pick. Um, I'm sure maybe you've noticed there's a bit of a theme. My favorite movies when I was a kid or werewolf movies. So, of course, my number one pick is Silver Bullet. Um, much like American Wolf in London, this movie terrified me. I had nightmares i struggled to watch it again and again um i had to take breaks uh cory ham of course was very famous at the time among uh young ladies but um again the practical effects on this this is a bipedal werewolf but um i think another part of it that i really enjoyed was the struggle that um the father was having you know he knew he was a beast but suicide is a sin you know he couldn't kill himself this is based on a stephen king book do you remember the name of the book Cycle of the Werewolf. Yep. But the movie's called Silver Bullet. Gary Boosie is in it. Of course, I said Boosie. <laughs> he is amazing in it as the uncle. He believes the kids. Um, so he sends the parents away. They're going to face the wolf because it's coming for Corey Haim. And um, he happens to also be in a wheelchair. So I think that kind of adds to the terrors how limited he is physically. And he's having to confront a beast. So, um, you know, the uncle believed them. He's going to help them out. And of course, big battle at the end. But um, just the, the transformation, um, I think how brutal the movie is. Uh, this movie terrified me as a kid and I never get tired of it. Um, I can, there's some nostalgia there for a movie that can uh, can scare me like this. So my number one pick is Silver Bullet, a great werewolf movie. Yeah, it's it's one of the best werewolf movies out there. Uh, it's up there with you know Dog Soldiers and uh, American Werewolf in London, and uh, <clears throat> I have a a silver bullet story. I think I've told you this before. Uh, we were watching it on TV on Halloween one year, and I was I don't remember how old I was, but I wasn't driving. I was probably twelve, something like that, eleven, twelve ish, probably about the same age as the kid in the movie. And, um, I'm sitting next to my dad on the couch and, you know, at the end of the movie, when all the lights go out and Gary Busey turns and goes, he's here. So we're sitting there, the movie's over, the credits are rolling and the light bulb in the, in the lamp next to my father just goes pop and goes out and plunges the room in the darkness, except for the TV. And my dad looks over at me and goes, he's here. Did you scream? Now, no, I was old enough to like know like, well, the bulb just went out. I mean, the TV was still on. So like there was still power in the house, but it was, it was a little unsettling. Yeah. And you know, knowing your dad, um, he was always so stoic and serious. I mean, that's great that he came up with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that plus the fact he was working nights at the time. So as soon as the movie was over, he got up 
and went to work. <laughs> Left you? Were you home alone? No, my, I think my mom was there, but oh. it was still. It was like, oh, you know, there, there goes, uh, there goes dad. Leaving, See ya. Good luck. Yeah, leaving, leaving me and mom home by ourselves. And <laughs> the lights just mysteriously went out right after this uh, really scary movie, where the lights went out and before the monster came. Okay, drum roll. Your number one pick. <clears throat> Big reveal. Exists. Okay, I thought it might be that. <laughs> that is my favorite modern Bigfoot movie. Uh, Legend of Boggy Creek is is right up there as far as Bigfoot movies. And the nostalgia factor really pushes it up there. But as far as... I mean, let's be honest. As far as Bigfoot movies, there's not very many out there that are very good. Or any good, really. But exists is probably the best modern Bigfoot movie. Uh, even then, you know, some of the, uh, you know, you got your cookie cutter, you know, teenagers, you know, you've got the, the jocks and the, you know, the nerd with his camera and it's a found footage thing. And uh, fun fact, I believe Eduardo Sanchez that directed it, I believe he was a producer or had something to do with Blair Witch, the original. So I just, I love it. Uh, you know, I'm really, you know, of course I'm a Bigfoot guy so it's probably one of my favorite uh, movies to watch around Halloween because it's a good, scary Bigfoot movie and there's just not that many out there. And uh, it's it's the best of what's out there. It is a Bigfoot movie that I don't get tired of watching. It's another one we usually watch on Halloween night, um, usually after Monster Squad. <laughs> but um, I never get tired of this movie. And for me... It feels more like a monster movie and the monster just happens to be Bigfoot. You could totally replace Bigfoot with a werewolf and it would it would work. With the exception, of course, I think of the towards the end when it kind of goes more into the Bigfoot's habitat. But um, it is terrifying. Um, they don't realize what they've gotten themselves into. And of course, the classic, we didn't tell anybody where we were going. Um, so no one's going to save us. Um, but no, you're right. And the Bigfoot looks amazing in it. Yeah. Yeah. The Bigfoot, the, they really did right, um, by the costume and I'm sure, you know, they spent a majority of the budget on the costume. Uh, it looks good. It moves good. I mean, you can believe that it's, and there's a scene where it chases down somebody on a bike and that is just that's probably my favorite scene in the movie where he's he's riding, he's pedaling the bike, and he like kind of looks over and he sees the Bigfoot running parallel with his bike, and it really gives you a sense of you know um, urgency and you know like oh my god, impending like oh my god, you know is he gonna get away? And it's probably my favorite Bigfoot movie as far as you know as far as fictional Bigfoot movies go. I didn't put any documentaries or anything on my list because. I, well, Legend of Boggy Creek is the closest I came to the documentary. I'll have to do a top 10 documentary show one of these days. Yeah. No, there's true moments of terror in this movie. And perhaps a part of it is because they're not dealing with a, a, a predator like a wolf or a bear. You know, something that they're just fighting against nature. They're dealing with something that they don't really have a concept of what it is. You know, at the it's just legend to them. But you're right, especially the scene on the bike. When he ends up crashing on the bike... And you can see that perspective in the camera. It's coming at him and the noises it makes when it beats him. Oh my God. Just terror. I, I found that movie scary. Like it, it did. It scared me. Um, so that's a really great choice. Yeah. So if you're if you're listening to this, obviously you're into Bigfoot and cryptid things. So 
check it out. It's called Exists, and uh, I believe it's available to watch on. Oh, geez, is it Tubi? One of those free um, free apps that you can download and watch stuff for free. So it's uh, it's a good flick to check out this time of year around Halloween. And uh, that's it. That's our. We just uh, talked about twenty good scary movies that you can watch around Halloween. Yeah, any of the movies we talked about, highly recommend. I think you'll enjoy them all. Yeah, so uh, I think we both had some really good picks. I think mine were better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I I think um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to categorize. I mean, there's I, I left some movies out that I was like, man, I could I wanted to kind of put this on there. Yeah, too. Yeah, it's hard to narrow it down. Other yeah. other than the exception of maybe the witches, I don't think there's a single movie on my list that you either haven't seen or that you don't enjoy watching with me constantly. <laughs> so, other yeah. than the witches. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember much about that one at all. So we're going to move on. We've got a little bit more content for you here. So what are we doing? We're going to play a game, yeah. and you can play along at home. So why don't you explain to us what we're doing? Okay, so I pulled the top 10 highest grossing horror movies of all time, adjusted for inflation. So, of course, because of the price of movie tickets, pretty much movies in the last 10 years are the highest grossing movies of all time. So I found a list adjusted for inflation because we want to talk about the movies that are the most popular with audiences. So what we're going to do is you're going to guess, see how many of the top 10 movies, highest gross of all time you can get. Um, So go ahead and let's pick one. Well, let me, so is this the ones that had the highest box office? Highest box office. Okay. So not, not highest profit. Highest box office. Highest box office adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and uh, take some guesses. Let's see if you can pick any of the top ten. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to throw some. And then tell me why you picked it. Yeah. I'm just going to throw some out here. You're going to have to write these down because I'll forget. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to say, and you, you you guys at home, you throw out some guesses too. Maybe sit down and, and write them see down. See if they agree yeah. with you. We'll, we'll cross them off the list here. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna I gotta give some love to Alfred Hitchcock because you mentioned it earlier. I'm gonna say Psycho and the Birds. Okay. Because those movies, I know at the time they were really popular. Like people were going, people you know, and there was a lot of like word of mouth. People were getting like running out of the theater and there was a lot of hype, but it was all kind of like viral marketing before there was viral marketing. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw, those are my first two. I'm throwing those down. Don't, okay. And don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, but just so write them down. And what else? Man, I don't know how far back to go. Um, uh, let me see. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm not gonna pick Night of the Living Dead because I don't think that I don't think that got popular till later on. So I've got the top ten. So do you want the birds and the psycho to be two of those ten? Yeah. Okay. And the psycho. The psycho. <laughs> uh, okay. So I've got birds, psycho, poltergeist. Okay. Exorcist, because I think I think the Exorcist was kind of like um, the Birds and Psycho, where there was a lot of. Well, you said it yourself. There's a lot of controversy. Hoopla! Yeah, 
There was a lot of controversy. There was a lot of word of mouth. So people, especially back then, you couldn't just get on the internet and say, I'm going to see what this movie's about. You had to go watch it. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick Exorcist. So how many is that? That's one, two, three, four. four. Uh, Jaws. Okay. And I'm picking Jaws because it was like with a first summer blockbuster. It was. It was the first. It one. was the birth of the summer blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw that one down. <clears throat> and then, oh man, I'm trying to think of. I know there's some sequels in there. I know. I know there's like some sequels to like some of the, the like Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, something like that. Because I know none of those movies were like major when they first came out, but they kind of built over time. And I'm sure some of the sequels that came out probably might have landed on that list. But I don't know which, I don't know like which one. Um, I can't, I'm trying to remember. I'm going to say Halloween H2O. Okay. Because I remember there was a lot of buzz around that when it came out. I think I actually went to the theater and saw it. And I don't, I don't remember going to the theater and seeing a whole lot of horror movies. But that was one of them. So I'm going to throw that one down. So what is we at? what are we at? Six? Yeah, six. six. Four more. Um, oh, man. I hope you're having an easier time with this at home than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... Man. The Wolfman. Okay. Which one? The one with Benicio del Toro okay, and the, the latest um, one. Yeah, okay. I, almost, I almost put that on my list, but it's not quite. It's just it does. So, it's great, but it's not top ten. Uh, you know, Anthony Hopkins is a great actor, but I think he was a little old to have in that role. Mm. Yeah. Um. Man, what else? Uh, I said. I said. I said The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Does that count? Is that a horror okay. movie? Sure. We'll put it on the list. It's whatever you want. <laughs> she, I can see it in her. She's like, I got him. I got him. He hadn't picked one yet. <clears throat> Don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. No spoilers. Okay. Um, no clues? Okay. No clues. Come on. Three more. Th- three? Yes. Did I no, two it? more. Two more. Okay. Sorry, I can't count. <laughs> You're supposed to be the one that's good at math. <laughs> Not when we're taking this long to make this list. Come on! Don't screw you. Blow out the mic. Oops, sorry. Yeah, somebody, somebody just yanked their headphones off their head somewhere. Um, let's see. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. We're getting a lot of dead air here. You're gonna have to fill in the gaps. Fill in the gaps. So I'm thinking. Well, maybe think about something that came out. No recently. <laughs> Well, you kind of need some, apparently, because you're not oh. thinking of it anything. I mean, it is adjusted for inflation, but, you know, horror movies are cheap to make. Scream. Scream? Okay. There you go. That's probably a good one. And one more. Uh, let's see. I want to do something more. Re- the Conjuring. Conjuring. Okay. So, now I want you to pick what is the number one highest grossing horror movie of all time. What do you think it is? It's got to be in one of these ones you picked, right? Because you picked the top ten. What do you think is the number one highest grossing horror movie of all time? Out of all those? Yep. I'm going to say Psycho. 
Psycho. Okay. <clears throat> so I have some good news and I have some bad news. <laughs> you should just go through my picks and just and just say yes or no. Actually, do whatever you want. Do it okay. You want. Okay. So we're going to start with um, the actual list of highest grossing films. And if any of them uh, from your picks are on there, we'll, we'll acknowledge it. So number 10 is Scary Movie. It came out in 2000. It made $262.5 million. That counts as a... I, don't, I wouldn't even count that. It, it counts as a scary movie. But yeah. I think perhaps you'll enjoy number nine. It's not on your list, but at least it's a scary movie. Alien, 1979, $286.4 million. The original Alien movie. Um, next... The Amptonville Horror, 1979. I know, I can't believe you didn't think of that I one. I forgot about that one. 310.3 million. Um, also not on your list. Um, Jaws 2. So you mentioned sequels, but you didn't pick the right sequel. So Jaws 2, 1978, 312.8 million. Um, next, number six, It. But the 2017 version of It, $328.9 million. Um, I actually like the Tim Curry one, man. I thought he did a great job. But next, this is kind of a fun one, Gremlins. So 1984, $409.8 million. Um, so far, nothing on your list has come up. <laughs> next, um, one of my honorable mentions, The Sixth Sense, 1999, $518.8 million. Holy and I'm God. sure it's word of mouth. Such an original concept. I'm sure it was word of mouth. Um, number three, this is actually on your top 10 list, but not the list you picked. Ghostbusters, 1984, $641.3 million. Okay, number two, The Exorcist. So at least you did get the number two <laughs> slot. You got that one. Exorcist, 1973, $996.5 million. I should have looked up how much it cost to make that movie. That is so much money. Holy moly. Oh, and by the way, I looked this list up after I made my top 10 list because a lot of mine made it in the top 10 highest grossing. But um, so number one, um, you did get it. You got the number one movie, not the number one guess. You guessed that Psycho was the number one highest grossing film, but you did pick Jaws. Jaws, 1975, $1.154 billion dollars. That movie made over a billion dollars. Highest grossing film of all time. It's on my top 10 list as number seven. Um, and it is on your your pick. So you got Exorcist and Jaws. You got two out of 10. <laughs> but hey, hopefully some of you guys out there got at least some of these. <laughs> Let me see. I wanna, I'm going to go through here. And I'm going to... Uh-huh. So these these are the top 10 here. Um, the ones that I've seen. I've seen Scary Movie. I've seen Alien. I've seen Amityville. I've seen. I think you've seen I've them seen all, them all, except yeah. for the um, the newest It. I've seen you haven't them all. seen that, have you? Except for It, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, I think it's only highest grossing film because I don't know. I don't know why it was so popular. Um, I remember I didn't watch it in theaters. I waited for it to come out on HBO Max. Um, I watched it. It was okay. It had some scary moments, but I was just like, I don't know. Uh, they relied way too much on CGI. There's just something about CGI. The monsters just don't look real. I don't know. I 
I from the trailers and stuff I saw, like there was going to be a lot of like jump scares and stuff, and I, I don't. They relied on that a lot. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of the jump scares, but uh, anyway, I I thought uh, that was fun, even though I only got what two. Two. <laughs> hey, but you know the two you got are two great movies: Exorcist and Jaws. Yeah, I really thought Psycho would be on there. You know, I think it's because at the time it came out, people didn't really go to the movies. I think. As much as they do today. I mean, didn't it come out in like the 50s or something? I don't know. It was like the first time. It was the first time time a a toilet uh, was flushed. And the reason why he got away with her being stabbed is because she's actually not seen being stabbed. I watched a documentary on this. And her in the shower with the curtain and then the knife coming down are filmed uh, separately. They're not shown together. So he got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of neat, like, behind-the-scenes stuff like that for a lot of horror movies. And, you know, you watch something on the screen and it looks so, like, oh, my God, that's so scary. It's so terrible. And then, like, if you watch some behind-the-scenes stuff or you, you see them filming it and it doesn't look real and it doesn't look scary. And it's amazing what they can do with, the you know, a little lighting and music. and it's Exactly. It's, Think yeah. of the movie Signs. When that movie came out... I made you go to bed with me, even though you didn't have to work the next morning. I did. I said, you have to come to bed and stay here till I fall asleep because I'm terrified. And then we watched behind the scenes and saw like the alien hand coming through the door. And I was like, oh, that kind of ruined it. I mean, I was scared. I think that was back in 2001. I was like 20. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I remember being in the theater, seeing that when the, 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 the hand... Uh, you don't the little boy standing there and it like comes out of the cold grate or whatever and I remember like I didn't scream but I made a noise I was like oh <laughs> you made an involuntary noise yeah <clears throat> that that movie caused sounds to come out of me that I did not want to come out so. <laughs> but I have a thing about aliens too that's kind of one of my bugaboos yeah that's like one of your fears is yeah. aliens so that's uh, one of the reasons why I consider E.T. a horror movie <laughs> it is terrifying yeah but anyway, guys, oh man, look at that. We've got an hour and 20 minutes. So well, we can talk about movies for forever. <laughs> yeah. So if you, uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, let us know. We'll do, uh, we'll do some more. Uh, I'd like to do like, like I said, like a top 10, uh, cryptozoology documentary one and you know, any, any other, uh, kind of, uh, cryptid related media, anything like that. Books, you do top 10 books, anything like that. And, um, you know, Jaws was uh was a novel by peter benchley before it was a movie you know he actually went back and said he kind of regrets writing that book because of the negative uh image that uh, it gave sharks because uh, it made people afraid of sharks and uh, kind of made them a a monster in people's eyes and uh, peter benchley has actually kind of gone back and said you know i don't know that i would do that again but uh i'm sure with the money he's made off the the movie and the the book sales he could probably uh you know, he could probably buy a lot of goodwill with that for sharks. You know what, though? I bet in equal measure, it probably got a lot of people interested in sharks as well. So I'm sure there were some positive <clears throat> things that came out of that. That's true. Yeah. Mm. But uh, anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we hope you enjoy our movie picks. We hope you use them to uh, enrich your Halloween this year. And uh, we're going to be back next week with another Alaskary installment of Alaska Watch. So uh, thanks for listening. Give us a like and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube. You can go to my website, alaskwatchpodcast.com. You can go to the store there and you can pick up a signed copy of my book and some other good Alaskwatch swag. And uh, tell, tell everybody good night. Well, you know, everybody good night and have a happy and safe Halloween.
Bye-bye.